Welcome to Disco Coolia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Disco Coolia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Disco Coolia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Working in healthcare with Disco Coolia, there is no test for Disco Coolia. Great ways to teach fractions homeschooling your child with a math disability and often overlooked symptoms from dyscalculia. This is our podcast for week six in 2023. And we welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Dyscalculia Services. She's gonna help us review the links from this week on our website, dyscalculiaheadlines.com. Welcome Dr. Schroeder. Well, thanks for inviting me back. Absolutely, let's uh, let's just jump into uh, these wonderful links for this week. Now the first one is interesting, interesting, interesting. It's about working in healthcare with dyscalculia. Is that a good idea? Well, um, we can do something about it. So it, um, let's be sure, it certainly is a challenge. However, learning disabilities should never stop people from pursuing their dream career. Now, if it becomes clear that the learning disability and the accommodations provided by the company are not enough, to make the individual succeed, there will be time to reflect on that career choice. But there are certainly some options. Now, this link in the posting goes to a page from the Royal College of Nursing from right. the UK. Okay. That is not the first organization. No, that's a reputable organization. Absolutely. Definitely. It's a page with resources to help people with dyscalculia to work in healthcare. So there are definitely on it they they know about this and they will update it from time to time so good to bookmark it and uh go back uh, a few times now they list a few simple things like allowing to use calculators or providing formula tables and sheets but also double and triple check all good ideas a great initiative, and, and I hope it will help many people. Yeah, definitely. Good initiative. Now, our next link is, I think, concerning. It says that there is no test for dyscalculia. Now what? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but there, there's more gray shades here. This comes from a website that is called A Day in Our Shoes.com. <laughs> Very a good name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice name. So they have lots of information about learning disabilities and also talk about how you assess for dyscalculia. And they are right. There is no generally agreed one specific test for dyscalculia. Now that doesn't mean that we cannot diagnose dyscalculia. We do this on a continuous basis. And the DSM-5 lists the subskills that are necessary to be able to do basic calculations. And it's certainly possible to evaluate those. And that those skills together, well, if you don't uh, have them, form the basis for dyscalculia or a math learning disability. Now, they list here four subskills. Number sense, the specific um, uh, dyscalculia, developmental dyscalculia um, a hallmark. Then memorization of arithmetic facts, accurate or fluent calculation, and accurate math reasoning. So there are more things together that okay. you, you want to 
uh, evaluate all of them. Okay. So, when a student has problems with some or all of these sub-skills, there will be um, tests for that, and that can indicate if that student has uh, dyscalculia. And they actually mention several um, often used tests uh, on their website, the, the Wyatt and the Woodcock-Johnson, but also uh, the PASAT, PASAT, which is the Paste Auditory Serial Addition Test. Well, I can tell you um, it does not come from the uh, learning uh, disability uh, community, but more from a medical community. And um, it is about adding up numbers, and you get a different series of numbers all the time, but that will be definitely very, very difficult for uh, students with uh, dyscalculia. Okay. So also and there's more tests that, that are that are mentioned, but um, certainly Great. we can uh, we can um, test for for this. Just not with one test. Okay. Just not with Good. one Good. test that solves. Okay. So everything. the title was more like clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Now, in the next link, uh, we can find a great way to teach fractions. What can we learn here? Well, this is from the Mashup Math Vlog, and it's a video where a teacher explains how to make a fraction grid. And he makes a good point. Making some things with the students together and have them actually handle materials that show the fractions and that they can touch helps them so much to wrap their brain around it. And it's a lot better than just memorizing the facts and tricks that exist for fractions, like the uh, formulas uh, that uh, are that you find in textbooks. So in the video, he shows how to make a grid with fraction strips, and how students all relate to each other, and how the fraction strips relate to each other as he begins with the whole one whole strip. And then has the uh, students fold and cut them in pieces of one half and then in one quarter. And it's a really good method that um, unfortunately gets underused in classrooms. Although it doesn't cost a lot to use just colored plastic um, strips. Right. Oh, a couple of strips. Uh, yeah. Paper strips. Now, and we often supply our students with ready-made models. And we overstep this first useful hands-on action that relates it to their everyday life also. So um, let them start with cutting pizzas and, and brownie pens <laughs> or, or fold origami paper. <laughs> Even before doing this uh, folding and cutting strips activity that you see in the vlog. And uh, don't forget to, um, after you've done that, also download their worksheet because they give some explanation of how you can do this. Good, good. I mean, you can take this to an extreme, you know, give them a tree and let them carve their own their rods. <laughs> 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 Sorry, just joking about it. Um, now, the next link is about homeschooling your student with a learning disability. Is that a problem? Well, there, there is always the debate. Do parents need to be the educator? Or is it better that parents be parents and teachers be teachers? Now, mm -hmm. in my view, there's nothing wrong with parents doing teaching, as long as it does not pressure on their parental role. Now, 
There are lots of organizations that support homeschooling parents. And we also have a video series ourselves uh, called Moms Teach Math um, to help parents with the math homework uh, of their children or maybe teaching a whole curriculum, as in a homeschool. And the link in this posting comes from the iHomeschool Network blog. And they give a few practical tips to work with children uh, who have a challenge in math. Now, you need to read it yourself, but their best tip is that you need to embrace where, where they are. And they say it like this, embrace where your child is at and come alongside them with some of the tools we'll talk about next. And then they list some good ideas, a very good site uh, to support parents who uh, go that way. It's, it's obviously a start. You don't have all the information, but um, getting started this way will really put you on the right track. Okay, well, that brings us to our last link for the week. And that talks about often overlooked signs of dyscalculia. What are those? Well, this is a two-minute video from the people of Attitude. They make the point that if you follow up on early warning signs, you can start remediation before any major uh, damage is done. Right. And that is so important. So watch... Um, if they continue, if your, your students continue to use their fingers when the other kids in the class already um, have stopped doing that because they have memorized their math facts. And please notice that if they have major problems with that memorization or cannot link a number and a quantity or have difficulty understanding mathematical expressions, that this is important to notice. These are all warning signs. There, there are more signs, obviously, but these is, uh, if you notice this, please do not wait, but take action. And it should be easy for a teacher or a parent to notice them. Certainly for a teacher, because he or she has a whole classroom of children and not and all of the them have, the, have right. the issue. So right. they, they have a comparison right in front of their eyes. Yes. So we just need to work on the awareness that these signs are not something they will grow out of, but a, a sign that calls for action. So if you are stressed for time, please take the few minutes, this is two minutes, to watch this video and follow their advice. And I know teachers are very pressured for time, but this, these two minutes are well spent. Watch your time. Well, thank you, Dr. Söder, for your insights. We hope to see you again next week. Uh, all the links that Dr. Söder refers to are uh, visible on our website, discoculiaheadlines.com. And there's a wealth of information there. If you click on the links in the uh, sideline, you'll see uh, all the other tools uh, that are available. One of those is training for tutors that will teach them how to work with children who have dyscalculia. There's five modules. You can you can pick and choose what you like. Uh, please go there. It is on a special website, dyscalculiatutortraining.org. Dyscalculia Headlines Weekly is a production from dyscalculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at dyscalculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at dyscalculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Dyscalculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. 
You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.